Why, hello there. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Jonathan Edwards, host of pureandsimplebible.com, and I'm really glad that you're back. You're with me in the middle of a really fun conversation that I've been having with Kevin Fox about training for transformation. Now, Kevin is a preacher of the gospel. He's got other things that he does as well. He is also a long-distance runner. So I did a solo episode a little while ago about uh, endurance racing in the kingdom. Kevin listened and contacted me and was like, hey, let's continue this riff session in regards to talking about this metaphor of the race. So that's what we've been talking about and how we are training, not just to check off a box, but to transform ourselves into the image of Jesus. That's where we're going to be jumping back into this episode. So far, we've been talking about us. We've been just sharing some thoughts about preparing for the race, both physically and spiritually. Now we're going to turn our attention towards Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It's a really fun episode. I can't wait to share it with you. Let's jump in, shall we? So last week we left talking about Jesus and the fact that he learned obedience, that he underwent uh, some sort of discipline, and uh, he had to look and the joy that was set before him. Right. Uh, so when when Jesus entered Jericho for the last time, uh-huh. he it came out of, of the city and uh, Bartimaeus uh, shouted out. Uh, and I don't have this in front of me, Jonathan. I didn't prepare for this. I'm just sure. uh, speaking. Uh, we're off, just, we're just riffing, cuff, so Kevin. This is our riff session. We, we are running together, uh, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> and, two old ladies. Uh, we, uh, yeah. Yeah. If, if you don't get that reference, you have to go back and listen to last <laughs> week. Uh, and then you even then might not understand it. So, uh, <laughs> So Bartimaeus uh, shouts out, uh, son of David, have mercy on me. And the, the disciples, the, the ones being trained, right? The disciples, the ones having been trained. Do you remember what they say to, to Bartimaeus when he shouts out Jesus? Aren't they telling him to leave Jesus alone? He's like, yeah, yeah. leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you go back to the story before Bartimaeus, the uh-huh. disciples, uh, specifically uh the the brothers the the sons of thunder had had come to jesus and said uh, jesus uh, we just uh, we have one thing uh that you uh, that we'd like you to do for us yeah and jesus says what um what would you like me to do for you now one gospel account actually has james and john mother asking this of Jesus, which I, I think is great. There, It shows us probably how young they were. Um, mm. And uh, then also probably shows us uh, that, uh, you know, um, parents who want to put their uh, kids in uh, spots of popularity. Sure. Uh, something just new to our generation. Sure. <laughs> so. She was, she was a tiger mom. <laughs> that's, that's right. And, and, uh, but the question of Jesus is, what do you want me to do for you? 
because they say, Jesus, we want you to do this. And he says, right. okay, what would you like me to do for you? And of course, uh, they say, just, you know, just a small thing, but when you come in your kingdom, uh, we'd, <laughs> we'd like to sit at the right and the left, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. Just a seating, just a seating small, arrangement thing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, as you've been talking about uh, in, in your prior podcast, uh, if, if we put on our, our Jewish glasses here, what, what they're asking for is at the, you know, at the seats around the table, uh, that they wanted the most prominent spots right. at the table. Right. So that everybody else would know uh, who the favorite of the master is. And right. You could you could tell. And so if we're putting on our our uh, first century lenses there, we realize what they're they're asking for. And so they had asked Jesus about this. Right. And Jesus uh, then, of course, uses this as an opportunity to address what would happen to him as the son of man and also that in his kingdom it's not important who sits where right that's a very brief summary of what jesus talks about and of course for jesus to be uh lifted up and for him to come into his kingdom his exaltation was going to come through the execution of the cross. And that was something that they were not anticipating mm -hmm. in that moment. Mm -hmm. So Jesus, as he is leaving Jericho in that context is headed up to Jerusalem for the joy set before him. He endured the cross scorning at shame and the disciples those who had been trained for three years reach out and tell Bartimaeus, whose name Bartimaeus means um, son of uh, son of honor, the one who had his cloak there begging outside of the city, shouts out for mercy. Yeah. And the ones who had been trained, who had just been worried about where they were sitting at, say, "Be quiet! Be quiet!" And I can see that they were thinking that they were doing something good uh, because, uh, you know, hey, if we if we hear somebody shouting out, son of David, we're, we're going to get in trouble with the Pharisees. We're going to get in trouble with, oh, with the Romans. This, this right. is like a seditious right. act almost, you know, so maybe right. they thought they were doing something good by telling him to, okay. to be quiet, okay. you know. But uh, and I don't know uh, your your perspective on that, but I'm just trying to put myself in their sure. shoes like. Why would they be saying this, you know? Sure. But nonetheless, they, they tell him to be quiet. And he, and he shouts out even more. And you know what Jesus says to, to Bartimaeus? He tells the disciples to go get him first, right? Which I think is great. What a humbling. They, they said, no, don't, you know, be quiet. And now he says, hey, hey, go, go grab him, you know? Right. <laughs> so now they, they, they bring him to Jesus. And he says to Bartimaeus, what would you like me to do for you? The yeah. same question that he had asked James and John. And James and John, they, they wanted the best seat at the table. And, and Bartimaeus says, I, I just want to be healed. And yeah. that interaction is an interaction that Jesus has outside of Jericho as he then takes his 
Uh, entourage is maybe not the, the best word to use, but the people who were following him. Sure. And Bartimaeus. And he goes up into Jerusalem. Mm. And uh, Bartimaeus had shouted out, you know, son of David, have mercy on me. And in just, you know, just a few short days, they'd be chanting, chanting out Hosanna as Jesus strolls into the city yeah. uh, triumphantly to his death. And that road from Jericho to Jerusalem was not an easy road. And as you brought up, Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning at shame. That was on his mind as he walked from Jerusalem or, or from Jericho to Jerusalem. And that's a that's a 16 mile journey, uh, a windy road that has incline, an incredible. Right? It's, a, it's an incline. I believe uh, 3000 feet of elevation incline. Yikes. I believe um, because Jericho sits very, very low. Um, and I don't know, if, you know. If you can think of the last time you walked uh, 16 miles uphill all one way. Well, let me think uh, about it, Kevin. Uh, 3,000 feet. Uh, that's, uh, that's significant, right? Yes, it's quite <laughs> significant. <laughs> uh, that, that is, you know, it, it totally changes the story, by the way, of Jesus' parents when they uh, lost him in Jerusalem. They had to turn around and go back. It, it oh, wasn't, yeah. Uh, it wasn't downhill both ways. It was, <laughs> it was downhill out of Jerusalem sure. and then back uphill sure. uh, into Jerusalem. And, you know, if they, if he'd been missing for, you know, a significant period of time, that, that was no small journey uh, up into Jerusalem. Right. And so I, I think as uh, we think about uh, putting ourselves in the, shoes of the or sandals excuse me of the uh people who received the letter of hebrews these yeah. would have been people that were familiar with the geography of the area and the experiences of uh growing up jewish and right. uh they've got to be thinking about all of these things as sure. as sure. this is being written and to me the idea of Jesus asking his disciples, what's important to you? And they say, uh, to sit at the popular spot. Right. And then asking the man who is blind, what's important to you? I, I just want to be healed. Mm. Uh, and mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. taking Bartimaeus along up into the city. Imagine he's, he's never seen anything before and, and he's about to witness Jesus uh, going to the cross. Oh, sure. Uh, and and that's what he sees in his first week. Uh, it's just uh, incredible to think about. And what that journey up into Jerusalem uh, right. must have been like for him. Right. Kevin, <clears throat> you, you mentioned something. I, I really am, I think I'm going to trademark it, the putting on the Jewish glasses. Uh, I, I do that often. Um, in my sermons, I'm actually doing a sermon series across this year where we're going to be putting on our Jewish glasses a lot. And uh, whenever I do it from the pulpit, I'll actually put my 
thumb and pointer finger together, you know, like glasses on both hands and put it up to my eyes. There's kids in the audience that will do it back to me. Mm. And I love it. I absolutely love it because I want them to get in that mindset of, okay, we're putting on these special glasses so that we can understand what's going on back then, because sometimes it's hard for a reader these days to experience that. I want our listeners right now, as we're talking about Jesus, uh, the author and perfecter of our faith, and how we're looking to him, uh, you've just mentioned how he went up the road from Jericho to Jerusalem. And connected to that, just geographically, are some of the Psalms. Uh, we call right. them the Psalms of Ascent. And so I know that, that maybe the listeners are, are curious about how we're, we're connecting this. The connection I'm just wanting to make is there was a, a time whenever God's Bible writers were, were recording these Psalms for God's people to sing as they went uphill. And so they're going on a, a 16 mile walk singing. And for me, at mile 20 of a marathon, when I'm going uphill, the last thing I want to do is sing. You know, I'm like desperate for breath and my knees are about to give out. But these people, and I, I have a feeling that they're, they are a lot heartier of folk than, than I am. But uh, they, it's like the, the, the pain and the discipline that's set before them. It was a pleasure for them to endure that as they marched uphill singing. I'm curious if you want to comment on that process of them going uphill and doing that. I'm curious if you want to spend some time in the Psalms of Ascent. I just feel like this might be a, a another tangible part of the Bible that connects to Hebrews 12 and this great metaphor of running the race set before us. You know, if you have an iTunes account or Spotify, you probably have some, some playlists uh, on there. And, sure. uh, you know, it might be... But I, I, for for different uh, races that I've run, I've I've had you know a playlist of for you know a certain group of songs that I've I've put together and just put it on there. It's like your your playlist. And Kevin, I, I'm going to interrupt you because I just got to know what's the song you listen to when you start a race. I I have one, but I want to hear yours. <laughs> Can you share I, I, it? <laughs> No, I'm laughing uh, because I, I just uh, I have a a a bunch of of different songs. Uh, uh, I listen to a wide variety of music. Uh, sure. And uh, I I don't have just one. I, okay. I've got a bunch right. of different playlists for. for it's, different, it's probably West Coast uh, gangster rap, isn't it? <laughs> well, <laughs> It is. It is not. Uh, <laughs> however, I I, uh, I have about a as wide of a uh, a listening uh, playlist uh, as you could possibly have. But uh, right right now, I'm uh, there's a new Praise and Harmony album. Uh, that oh yeah. Came out that, uh, yeah. For, uh, a fortress, I think, uh, that just came out yesterday, and I was just listening to that uh, last uh, evening while I was driving. Uh, Vocal Ascend, uh, which you've got, oh, yeah. uh, Ascend uh, in the title there is is something that uh, that I would recommend. Um, but uh, w- when I came out and, and preached at Valley Parkway a couple years ago, I, I put 
I put together a, a worthy playlist. That was my, um, I was actually uh, teaching the, the theme was worthy. So I, I sat right. down and I compiled a, a variety of different songs where I would just go out and run and listen to that playlist and, and get, uh, and get ready to preach, uh, yeah. based off of, of that. Uh, playlist, but well, you asked a very I, short question, and that was my long, my long answer to it. I, pretty good I derailed you. You were actually talking about playlists because, for our listeners' sake, I I think you were making a connection to the playlist that would be what people would have going up the hill for the the Psalms of Ascent. At least that's where I think you were going. But yeah, uh, I, th- I, this, I I cruelly interrupted you, talk, you. No, I I hope I hope your listeners are used to uh, tangents by now, but <laughs> the. The Psalms of Ascent were something that were not familiar to me, uh, but then I came across them, had some questions about them, and, and found out historically uh, that they would be the the songs that the Israelites would sing as they would journey into Jerusalem. Uh, there's some other ideas that people have about when they would be, be sung, but that they were essentially Israel's uh, playlist. And the time I discovered this, I was actually training to run the Grand Canyon from rim to rim to rim, which is uh, you, you go from the South Rim uh, down uh, into the Grand Canyon. Then you uh, touch the touch the sign on the north side and then you, you run back and you try and do it in a day. It's not it's not like a formal race. It's just uh, something that uh, people with a certain level of insanity uh, do. <laughs> and sure, uh, I actually decided as as part of my uh, prep for that experience, I would study through the Psalms of Ascent and get up a little lesson on each one uh, so that I could internalize the Psalm and uh, sort of remember it and uh, grow through it. And that uh, when I reached the uh, difficult part of that journey, I'd be able to sing them on my way uphill. That was my my goal to sort of journey through that as I was preparing for that uh, experience, and so that's. Yeah. I, I also I came across uh, there's there's a group uh, you can find them on on Spotify called uh, Poor Bishop Hooper, uh, which is the oddest name of the band you'll ever you'll ever hear. But they've okay. actually gone through and they have a song for each psalm. So I think they've completed all 150 now, and it's kind of got some sort of eclectic uh folk music uh but it's uh kind of word for word through through each psalm which is uh something that i listened to as i was doing uh doing that particular uh journey nice. but um it, israel had a playlist they really did <laughs> and <laughs> when things uh when when they looked up to jerusalem uh they they would sing as they went and god's people were known for singing uh when they were in difficulty and uh we we don't just sing when we're happy sometimes we sing in order to find joy and right. uh, if we if we sing when we are joyful then we'll be like Paul and Silas we'll we'll start singing at midnight too and right. uh singing is uh something that I think if if you're having trouble uh you know getting out and going for a walk and you know like I really been spending too much time on on the couch watching netflix i really should start going out for a 30 minute walk each day find find a playlist 
Uh, my encouragement right. would be, though, actually, practically speaking, don't put two headphones in your ears. Just put one uh, because you need to be safe and you need to be aware of your surroundings. <laughs> sure. Like sure. this is I, I mean, that may be a, a little bit of a tangent, but I, I really encourage people to be aware of their surroundings just from a, a traffic standpoint and a, and a safety standpoint. But uh, do do have a playlist, uh, have something that you listen to, uh, something where you can engage mind and, and spirit uh, as, uh, as you journey. You know, Kevin, the, the Psalm playlist that they had for the ascent, um, they're going 16 miles, they're going uphill, they're singing. It's almost as though to them, and, and, and you know, I, by the way, caveat, I can read in the Old Testament where the children of Israel had great struggles of faith. So I know that just because they were living in that time, it didn't mean that everybody had it all together, right? <laughs> but in caveat, the, as they're going uphill, it's almost like they have a, a, a really good union of discipline and the, uh, the, the pleasure. Discipline and pleasure go together. Where it's not that discipline is is a, a bad word, it's not that discipline is um, to be avoided, and I, I guess if we want to continue talking about the Psalms of Ascent, then I'd love for you to keep commenting on them, or if we wanted to pivot away, really, I, I want you to take it where you want to, but I just want to highlight that for them, that that the they were training for transformation, right? They were walking towards a place in order to experience God and they weren't deterred by a 16 mile walk uphill while they sang. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, their, their worship was, uh, lococentric in, in old Testament time. Uh, in other words, they had a, a, a physical place that they were going, uh, similar to the, you know, the woman at the well asking what, you know, which mountain is it? <laughs> and, uh, but now, now has come the time where it's not about a, a physical location on earth. Uh, we, we, however, are all journeying to a common place, headed a common direction. And God's people have always been a people that are known by their, their singing and the joy that they can have and experience even in difficulty or even in a foreign land. Uh, you know the the, the psalm uh, by the rivers of Babylon. Uh, there mm, we wept. Right. Where right. we sat down. Um, that's that's pretty powerful, isn't it? Even even in a foreign land, you know they they were they were said, "Hey, sing us a song about Zion." You know, right? Hey, sing us something. You know, and, and that was almost uh, um, it was from their captors, uh, perhaps a, a bit of a you know, maybe they were being made fun of, but they they still knew the songs of Zion. Right, right. You know, they had songs not only of ascent and songs of praise, but they had songs of lament. And the songs of lament, those, those psalms that are specifically about crying out to God for relief or questioning God, and not from a, a questioning place of uh, I'm quitting and I'm walking away from faith, but rather, I, I need help understanding this. I'm, I'm struggling to process what this has to do with, you know, 
faithful obedience, or I'm struggling to understand how we overcome. I'm, but those psalms of lament are just as precious and valuable as the ones of ascent or the ones of praise. And it's almost like, you know, I would say the psalms of lament are, are for the mile 20 when you're going uphill, uh, because right. you, we can cry out to God. God wants us to cry out to him. And even, you know, I struggle with reading some of the psalms of lament because sometimes they feel really like, uh, I don't know, it's 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 a struggle for me to talk to God that way. Like I feel like I'm not I'm I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> no, just that songs of lament sometimes almost feel so dark, and it, it almost feels like oh man, this is this is tough. But they're they're really there for a purpose, and and they're they're meant to sing. Um, I think if we're to put ourselves in the context of the original audience of scripture. Uh, whether it be in Old Testament time or, or New Testament time, we will realize that uh, they did a whole lot more walking sure. <laughs> than we did. <laughs> right. And um, and I'm sure, man, I know as they were climbing up the hill to Jerusalem that the kids said the same thing that our kids say to us, how much longer till we get there? <laughs> you know, and when are we going to get there? Is that and, where the laments and, come from? How long, oh Lord? How long? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right, that's right. But the, just just like us, like hey, just hey, I'm going to turn this on and uh, let's sing together <laughs> and let's forget about it. Yeah. You know? And yeah. Uh, so parents have always been the same, and children have always been the same. Uh, and uh, how long is it that we're going to get there? And that was the question. Yeah. And God's people also uh, were very comfortable. Uh, singing uh, while they walked and that that was a part of their identity and uh, we uh, as a people uh, today uh, god's people still need to be comfortable walking and also singing uh, because it's part of our identity to journey a direction and enjoy what we learn uh, as we uh, journey together so I think this I think there's actually a lot we can learn from the Psalms of the Ascents. I, I think with within each one of those Psalms, there's a, a common theme in each one. I also think that you can uh, go through and, and see that there are our New Testament application to uh, principles that we can uh, come to understand and, and grow from. So I think the Psalms of Ascents can be transformative if we understand uh, maybe how they would have been sung initially and then how we can uh, sort of live them out. I, I don't want to take the time to go through each one of those. There's uh, been plenty of people who have preached sure. and, and taught on those, but sure. um, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's important to sing as we journey along and it, it makes the, the journey that much more enjoyable. I, I'll tell you something. Uh, the, the first time I ran, um, hundred miles uh, was in Brazos Bend State Park, which is a, a state park in, in Houston. And uh, I took uh, two good, good friends uh, with me who I'd run a, a lot with. And Brazos Bend State Park is known for having alligators. Yeah. And during, during the day that the alligators are out uh, sunning themselves uh, and, you just 
I, I mean, they're quote unquote tame. I, I haven't tested it, <laughs> uh, but I didn't have one uh, chase me. This sounds uh, like a Florida man story. It's, it's pretty wild, really. Uh, they, they are significant in their size and they just, this particular day you're, you're running along and the, the course is a, is a loop. So to run a hundred miles, you, you run this loop uh, a number of different times. And of course you start out in the morning and then uh, go on into the night. And uh, I didn't know this about uh, alligators. Uh, we, we don't have alligators in, in Midland or in California where I grew up, but no desert gators, uh, no desert gators, <laughs> but you knew where they were from the day where you'd see them. And then when you started to pass them, their, their orange eyes just glow at night. Mm. You could see them and you, you want to talk about uh, <laughs> a scary experience. So I've got my, my headlamp, but the, the great thing about running long races like that, Jonathan, is that you, you are allowed after a certain point in the race to have a, a pacer join you. And so that's why I took a, a couple of training friends from Midland. It was my first time to try and challenge myself to run a hundred miles. And so you, you don't undertake something like that by yourself. You just, right. you, you don't, right. <laughs> it's just not, right. uh, A, you're not going to finish and B, it's not safe. And mm. so, uh, I, I mean, just cue the, uh, <laughs> cue the comparisons to the Christian life. Uh, it's not, it's not safe and it's not advisable because there, there are going to be alligators, uh, along the side of the trail and you just need somebody with you. And so uh, a pacer is somebody who can run in a race like that. Different races have different points. So this, this particular race, I think after mile 50 or 60, you could have somebody run with you. It, It couldn't be for the entirety of the race. But once you started, like maybe your fourth or fifth lap, you could you could have somebody with you. And so my friends took took turns. They would run a lap with me, and then uh, another one would take over, and then they'd run another lap, and then the other would take over. And so they would sometimes run behind me. They would sometimes run alongside, and then sometimes they would run in front of me and and pull me along. And sure. my, my advice in the, in the Christian life is to have people who will sometimes run behind you, sometimes run beside you, and then sometimes run in front of you. Mm-hmm. And you need, you need different people to be able to do those things in, in the Christian life. And uh, they, they will protect you. Uh, they will encourage you to keep going when you want to quit. And, uh, in this particular case, why I'm sharing this story, it got incredibly dark. And uh, my good friend named uh, Danny uh, had had grown up in uh, a church background where they would sing uh, acapella. And uh, we were, we were running along. And uh, I said, Danny, uh, it's, it's getting pretty difficult. Uh, let's, let's start singing. He said, what? I said, <laughs> just, just tell me a song that, that you sang growing up and let's see if we can sing it. And he said, this is the most wild thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> and uh, so we, we are in, in the dark. And then he says, standing on the promises. I said, I know that one. Let's sing it together. And we, it's like mile 80. 
and we start singing, uh, standing on the promises while running. And if if you're just starting out running, by the way, if you want to know a good way to pace yourself, run slow enough to where you can talk or converse with someone else. It's actually a way that your body has of if if you're breathing, you know, too hard or too heavy, it means you're running uh, too fast because you're using oxygen uh, and just slow down to where right. you, you might have to walk. Uh, right. But conversational pace, and in this case, it was singing pace. And we <laughs> we very quickly uh, ran by somebody uh, while we were singing, and and they in the dark you could feel their their judgmental gaze, and they just said. <laughs> He just said, what's wrong with you guys? And, Standing uh, on the promises <laughs> of Christ, Mike. I can just see it. <laughs> I mean, and, and so uh, we, for about five miles, we just went went back and forth uh, uh, singing like that. And, and it was the absolute most enjoyable and most difficult uh, <laughs> time. And, but... Uh, as most races, as life will go, if you sing through the difficult time, you, you kind of break through and you realize, oh, man, I'm feeling a lot better now. And it, it got us through a real difficult point in the race. And uh, I will never forget that. Never mm. forget that. And well, so uh, t- to be able to sing while while you're journeying together with someone will, will get you through uh, the difficult times. And, and it will allow you to focus on, on what's ahead and, and where you're going together, I think. There's a couple of big thoughts that I think have presented themselves in, in our conversation, Kevin. And I'm going to summarize those thoughts. I, I might give you, I'm going to give you your, your, your swan song moment, right? So get ready for the question of, you know, what's, what's the thing you'd like to, for our audience to take away. So that's coming your way. But, uh, one of the things that I've heard you say again and again and that we've kind of riffed off of uh, time and time again is the idea of community. And I think I'm the, as the older I'm getting, the more acutely I am aware of community is important. Um, I think politically in our country, sometimes people get concerned uh, one way or the other. If you start advocating this, you're a Democrat. If you start advocating that, you're a Republican. I'm wanting to go beyond the political when I say this, I'm really concerned in the Christian movement that, that I'm a part of, that we're so hyper-individualistic that we lose out on tremendous blessings of the community, of the church community, of our, our local community, of being uh, part of a village, so to speak. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to live in, in another country, uh, and when I was in Cambodia, I mean, we lived in an urban environment. We lived in Phnom Penh, the capital. There's two million people. And yet, you know, part of their culture is to address anyone in their culture as aunt and uncle. Because the, the part of their cultural experience is we are part of a tribe. Therefore, even though I don't know you, I give you the respect as being my aunt or my uncle. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And one of my concerns for for our pop culture here in America, but also I think it, it leads into the churches. Uh, if I can pull myself up by my own bootstraps, I don't need you. And that scares me. There's a lot of reasons why, but what I'm taking away from our conversation is uh, community is so important for this kingdom endurance running. And uh, so, yeah, there, there's one 
thing that I've seen and as a pattern. And the other thing, uh, this may be like the big tagline for the whole conversation, but uh, training for transformation, where it's not just about checking off the item, but there's a bigger goal in mind for the day by day. The day by day ought to be training me towards becoming the image of Christ. So I've loved those themes of this conversation. Now, uh, maybe you want to comment on what we've just mentioned, or maybe you've got something else. But as we start to wrap this up, I'd love to give you a chance to share with our listeners, you know, uh, a nice final thought to uh, wrap it up from your end. I agree with your assessment that our, and, and I, I think we have to realize the culture that we live in. And just as we put ourselves in the sandals of the initial New Testament's audience, we have to realize that we read everything and receive everything within our culture and we bring certain challenges and i think we do have a culture that uh, is really saying uh, the individual is most important and uh, the <laughs> uh, sort of challenge is to see ourselves by ourselves and we have to realize that we have been placed and we have been blessed to have the privilege of being in the body of Christ. And growth never happens in a vacuum. Uh, growth only, mm -hmm. only happens uh, when we are in relationship with other people and we are intentionally accountable about the direction that we're moving. I will say that yeah. uh, there is there is nothing wrong with running by yourself, Jonathan. You can keep running by yourself. Uh, and, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and actually, right now, at my age and my current goals in uh, my running, I, I do not run with, with other people right now as much as I used to. Uh, mo most, of, most of my time spent uh, running right now, I'm, I'm listening to... Uh, your your podcast or somebody else's podcast or to uh, something that I'm I'm doing for study maybe a, a book uh, or I'm spent it's spent uh, listening to uh, music uh, where I'm I'm thinking about what I'm going to be preaching for the week it just my my time right now is is valuable for uh, spending those moments uh, sort of in in reflection. And so I, I, do, sure. I do think there is value in spending time in uh, intentional meditation with the Lord, uh, with something guiding that, whether it's a scripture or, or some uh, a credible uh, source of encouragement. So I, I will say that's absolutely part of it. But transformation will not happen without a great crew. And uh, when I say mm -hmm. crew, uh, when people run ultra marathons, uh, they, they have a, a crew with them. So they have a pacer, but then they also have people who will go along the way to supply nutrition, to uh, guide them to where they're going, uh, to, uh, you know, sometimes you need a, 
a change of shoes. Uh, when I ran the, the Western States in, in California, I, uh, I was physically very sick at one point in the race. And I, I came out in, in Forest Hill where uh, Johnny and Kelly Wharton live. And they had half the church from Auburn there waiting to greet me. Uh, you, quitting was not an option <laughs> at that point. <laughs> you, right. You just, I mean, the, the cloud of witnesses uh, was not uh, invisible. <laughs> it, it was right there. And so, I mean, everything sure. in my body was telling me to quit. In fact, sure. I had actually laid down on the trail in 105 degrees and slept for 10 minutes. Mm. Uh, I was mm -hmm. not feeling good at all. And I came out. And they gave me a little nutrition and they gave me some words of encouragement, uh, prayer. And, uh, they said, just, just keep walking and, and see if you can make it to the next aid station. And, uh, that's, I just said, okay, I think I can go one more mile right now. And, uh, you, you need people who will just tell you, I, I think you can go one more mile. Uh, and, yeah, uh, that's that's what the body of Christ is. And if you say, well, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't know the, the people around me, they're they're not that like, then just be that person, you know, for someone else. And, and you'll you'll find that in being that person for someone else, you will receive the same amount of encouragement that you pour into someone else. And mm. uh, so training is for transformation when it happens in the context of, of the body and with other people that you can be accountable mm -hmm. to. And so I, I think uh, as mm -hmm. you're, you're summarizing our conversation with, uh, you know, we, we've got to surround ourselves with, with people who can encourage us for what, what matters and what, what matters is training for transformation, not just, so if you've set a goal mm -hmm. this year, Hey, I want to pray more or, I want to uh, exercise more or, Hey, I want to uh, study the Bible more. Those are great goals to have, but just step back for a moment and say, why am I doing that? Um, and right. maybe it is, I, I would like to be as a father more patient. So just say, okay, uh, when, um, when I pray, I'm going to focus my prayers on patience. Uh, so that's, that's where I'm going to focus my prayer life. I'm going to, uh, find uh, someone who I think is a very patient father and I'm going to check in with them once a week and, uh, ask them to give me a little advice or share a time where I haven't been so patient as a father this week and ask them how to handle that situation. And then I'm going to, uh, memorize a passage of scripture about patience that will help me be uh, patient. And then I'm going to uh, start reading uh, this particular book uh, that's going to help me uh, address some of the things I need to start working on from a forgiveness standpoint that I think will actually help me be more forgiving and patient as a father. So now I'm, I'm training, but there's a purpose to it. And then I'm going to be able to say in a month, sure. not just, Hey, I've, I've read more or, Hey, I've prayed more, but, uh, am, am right. I more like my heavenly father? Am, am I growing in patience? And th that's the goal of transformation is to be made into the image of the father. And that's what we're training for ultimately. Amen. Well, Kevin, I'm so glad we've had this time together. 
and I hope our listeners have enjoyed the conversation as well. I hope that they're motivated like I am, and uh, but motivated with reason. You know, what a difference that is instead of maybe feeling guilty and going and, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll redouble my efforts to check off these things on my list this year versus, wow, I'm so encouraged to be transformed by the renewing of my mind and be drawn nearer to the image of Christ. So thank you for spending the time with me. You know, when you texted me about it and I, I jumped on the opportunity, I know that sometimes recording a conversation that, that is largely unscripted and uh, speaking from the heart, some, some people might have a lot of anxiety about it, but I'm really thankful that you were up to the challenge and that you came on to record because I feel like people are going to benefit from it. So thank you. I'm glad you came. I want to say, as we wrap this up again, thank you to Kevin for sitting with me and riffing for a while on this idea of training for transformation. What a wonderful metaphor it is to run the race of endurance that's set before us and uh, specifically the concept of long distance racing and then applying it to the scriptures. Thank you, Kevin, very much. Dear listener, thank you for uh, allowing us several episodes where we talk about running. I married someone who is not a runner. And so sometimes, you know, the, th- the stuff that we love to do, our loved ones don't love it. So if you, dear listener, don't love running, then I hope you were able to take this and apply it to the thing that you do love and how sometimes we have a discipline or an endurance set before us. And uh, so anyway, I hope that it was a helpful podcast for you. Got some great episodes coming up, some great preachers and Bible study leaders, uh, congregational teachers, some friends of mine. Um, Got them kind of booked out for the next several weeks. So I'm excited to share the content with you. A couple things before we go. First, uh, it's new to what I'm doing, but if you want to help this work financially, uh, I have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com backslash pure and simple Bible and check out the stuff that's there. I'm very thankful for those who have, have encouraged me through the years. And now here's another way for you to encourage the work. It's helpful for me and for updating the equipment, et cetera, et cetera. So thank you for those that want to jump on board there. You can always help by leaving a five-star review if you love the podcast on your uh, app of choice. I put this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Music uh, right now. So go there and leave a five-star review if you love it. And don't forget, you can go to the website and check out all the stuff, download it, use it absolutely free. Always remember, God loves you very much, and I do too. Lord willing, see you soon. Well, I'm